Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, well, indeed, it is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, such a significant Sunday on the church calendar. This is where you read it in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is where Jesus, he rides on that that foal, that donkey, that colt into Jerusalem as the King of Kings, as our Messiah. Such a significant day of Jesus and and what he came to do. You know, I was thinking about Palm Sunday. You know, I grew up, I grew up in church and I know lots of you are watching, maybe you didn't grow up in church. And so you're like, man, we're in the Northwest and you're holding a palm branch. I know it's, it's a little bit different, but I grew up in church and, and I can remember being a kid and I always loved Palm Sunday because it was the day where the adults gave all of the kids in church these palm branches. Now, once again, we're in Tacoma, Washington, uh, the, 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 the region of evergreen trees and rain. Uh, and these don't grow on trees outside of our home. So I don't know where uh, our church got a bunch of palm branches, but we had them every year. And uh, they would give them to all the kids uh, in Sunday school. And there was a specific time during worship where we could act like savages, like crazy kids. And we would run down the aisles and the song would be singing. And we even sang one of the songs today, the, the, the Hosanna. And, you know, there's like 50 different Hosanna type songs in church. And so whatever version it was, we'd come running through and waving these palm branches and singing and just acting crazy in church, which was totally outlawed when I was a kid, but we had permission on that one day. And so Palm Sunday as for a kid, was always fun for me. In fact, I can, re- I can remember me and my brothers, we would, we, would, we would play king. You know how kings always in like the cartoons and stuff, they'd have the, the servants and they, oh, king, you're awesome. And they would wave that and they'd feed them grapes and stuff like that. So we would, we would fool around in the lobby and do that. This is not what th- that's about. Th- that is not what this is about is what I'm trying to say. That's not Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday uh, is a day that's so important for every believer across the world. And so there's believers that are gathering in this unprecedented time in history, virtually all over the globe, thinking and remembering and honoring this day, this Palm Sunday, which I want to talk about today. And there's many uh, significant components of Palm Sunday. One of them is with Jesus coming in to Jerusalem on that Sunday, he was fulfilling prophecy. I'm going to mention it and show you in the Old Testament here in a second. But another significant component of Palm Sunday was with Jesus entering into Jerusalem. That action alone sealed his fate on the cross. When he went into Jerusalem... And they waved the palm branches shouting, Hosanna. He was fully committed. He said, I have come to fulfill what my father sent me to do. And I want to talk a little bit about Palm Sunday today and how it relates to you and how it's significant for you. And the way I want to do that is through images, through three pictures. I don't know if you're like me. When I was a kid going through school, part of the way I would study for tests is, 
whatever question it was, maybe it was in history, I would connect some type of a visual in my mind to that question that would jar my memory of what the answer was. And so today I want to do that for you. So that this summer or this fall, when someone mentions Palm Sunday or you're reading through the Gospels and you, and you, and you read Luke 19, which we're going to do right now, that you'll remember what the story was all about, how it applies to you through three pictures that I want to show you here right now. So if you're taking notes, I hope you are, wherever you're at, here's the first image that I want to leave with you today to help jar your memory in the future as to what this day is all about and the significance that it plays and what it means to you in your walk with Jesus. And the first image is this, and that is the lamb. The lamb, write that down. It's important to understand the day that Jesus was entering the city. For the Jews, even right now, it's, it's the Passover season. So because of this reality, Jews... In Jesus's day, in fact, on that Sunday, on that Palm Sunday, where Jesus is entering Jerusalem, there would have been hundreds of thousands of other Jews that were coming from their towns, from their villages, from all over Judea into Jerusalem for this one reality and component. And that was to select a perfect lamb that would be sacrificed, Exodus chapter 12, a perfect lamb that would be sacrificed within their family. So Jesus, along with thousands of Jews, are heading up this famous road out of the desert. If you read the Gospels, the, the, one of the last miracles he's, he does is that he raises Lazarus from the dead. And when he leaves that event, he is now on mission to fulfill what he came to do. And so the crowds, we read about the crowds. They're, they're on pilgrimage, if you will, with Jesus up this road into Jerusalem that I personally walked on. I, I, can, I can go there in my mind. So here they come, all of these Jews, all of these people, they're heading into Jerusalem. And what fascinates me is that Jesus enters on the exact same day at the exact same time where all of these people are coming in to select their per perfect lamb for their sacrifice. And it, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just so incredible because it's like, it's almost like the heavenly father as Jesus comes in is almost saying like, here's my perfect lamb, my son. Will you choose him? Scripture confirms this. Jesus as the perfect lamb. A couple of different spots. Look at John 1 verse 29. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming, him, uh, coming toward him and he said, Look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the wor world. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, and he's talking and he's referring to Jesus. And he says, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. So the very first and most important message of Palm Sunday is that Jesus in his perfection came for you, my friend. He came for me. He came to pay the ultimate price for you and me, knowing how imperfect you are, 
and how imperfect I am. He came in his perfection to bridge the gap between us and the heavenly father so that because of his sacrifice as the perfect lamb, now we have direct access to the heavenly father through Jesus. That, my friend, is an amazing, incredible, sacrificial type of love that none of us will ever be able to obtain. We can look more like that, but we'll never do what he was able to do for us. And so the very first component, the, the, most, the most vital image that you need to get from this Palm Sunday is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world came for you today. He came, you talk about a mess up I am, how broken I am without Jesus. He came for me and you can, you can rest in that today. In the midst of this corona epidemic, in the midst of this fear and anxiety, what's tomorrow gonna look like? You can find rest and peace knowing that he came for you. He did it for you today. So that's, that's the first picture that I want to leave with you. Remember the lamb. Remember that. Never lose sight as to what he's done for you. Okay, so here's, that's the first one. Here's the second image that I want you to uh, use to jar your memory when it comes to Palm Sunday down the road here. And that is the cult. Write that down. I, I'm not talking about some wacky religion, a C-U-L-T. I'm not talking about that cult. I'm talking about the Indianapolis cults. I'm talking about that, 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 that baby horse. You know what I'm talking about? The, the cults with that white, you know, that little horse there. I can't stand the cults, man, but I'm just saying it helps me to remember the cult, man. Some, some, some translations uh, refer to this little cult as a, as a donkey. Uh, and I'll refer to that here in a second. Well, let's go to the text to, to help us establish this image for us. Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28, says this. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage in Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, what, what the heck are you doing? Why are you trying to untie it? Say, the Lord needs it. Verse 32. Those who were sent ahead went, so, so they obeyed Jesus. Those who went were sent ahead and they, and they found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the donkey, its owners asked him, what are you doing? <laughs> why, why, are, why are you untying the colt? We don't know you. Like, that's ours. Why are you stealing the keys to our jag? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Why are you untying the colt? And they replied in obedience to what Jesus said, the Lord needs it. Now, I find this passage striking for so many reasons, and I don't have time to go through all of the details as to why, but let me share a couple with you. There, there's some holes that don't seem to be filled. <laughs> like, like what, what was the relationship that the owners of this BMW, because here's the thing, in that day, that Colt would have been worth so much to these owners. It, it, it would have been something that they would highly 
rely on. Scripture even said that it had never been written. So this is a, this is a, um, this is a, this is a nice little cult that's going to grow into a workhorse of, in the future. I, I, I'm just saying it, it, it was very valuable to this family. What was the relationship uh, between Jesus and, and the, there's a lot of questions that come into con. Why, why were the disciples so willing to only have one reason as to why they were taking it, just that Jesus needed it? So it's, it's just fascinating to me what's going on here. And the question that you have to ask yourself is, could God just have made a cult, a donkey to appear? Of course he could have. He's God. He, he, he can do anything. He didn't, he didn't need this family's cult. But here's what's so incredible about following Jesus. Jesus wants to use each and every one of us. In fact, his desire is that all of the universe would operate in partnership with you and I. In fact, he even said, you're going to be my hands and my feet. The Holy Spirit is going to fill you up and you're going to do things even greater than I ever did. I want you to know that God wants to partner with you and with me to fulfill what he's doing here on earth. That's the beauty that not only does he save you of yourself, save your soul so that when you die, you're going to heaven one day. No, no, no. It's not just about that. He wants you to represent him, to fulfill what he's doing here on earth. And he wants to use you to fulfill what he's trying to do here. And it's an amazing thing. He desires to change the world in and through each and every one of us. So don't miss this. There's power in this picture here. He, so he uses the obedience of his disciples and the owners of this cult to fulfill the miracle that he was doing. Prophecy was fulfilled. Look at this. I mentioned uh, the Old Testament a little bit earlier. Look at uh, Zechariah chapter nine. I can, I can confirm what was going on here. This is the Old Testament, which would have been written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus arrives on the scene. Prophecy from God through a prophet was spoken. And here's what the prophet Zechariah said. It said, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly, here it is, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So God used these people. <laughs> he used normal people just like you, just like me to fulfill his will, to fulfill his work. But what did it require? It required obedience and release. They had to let go. They had to turn over the reins of that colt, that donkey, which they put so much of their faith in, so much of their trust, so much of their hope for provision. It was an asset to that family. And they, they had to be obedient to what Jesus was saying. The Lord demands them to hand it over. And with that, he was inviting them into the miracle that we're talking about even today, you know. All of us, well, it's getting to be pretty much everywhere in the country now. We're all uh, mandated home quarantined right now. And so all of us are trying to figure out what life looks like. You know, as a pastor, at, myself, Pastor Ashley, we're trying to figure out how to, how to, how to be pastors and, and run a ministry with our team. We're all, you know, Zoom and we're trying to figure out how to facilitate 
ministry and serve our, our church and our community, all from, you know, apartments and homes. And, it's, and we're all in the same boat. I'm not saying that we're unique in any, in, in any way. But with that, you know, all of our kids, including your kids, they're all out of school and, and, and they've already done all their homework by like 7 a.m. in the morning. You know what I mean? So now it's like, all right, well, let's get a little thing to do over here. And I mean, we're, I mean last week we were like, we're like planting herbs on our back. I mean, just anything to keep our kids from, you know, pulling our hair out, you know, and they're bouncing off the walls. That's just what kids do. And so every board game and Uno and all this stuff. And, and in fact, we've had a, an old dusty PlayStation that's, that I've had. I don't even play video games, but it's been laying there. And it's like, well, let's, that's another activity. And so uh, my, my kids have been playing PlayStation um, and Fulton specifically, he's five. And he's really taken a liking to it. He's pretty, he's pretty good at PlayStation. So I've been trying to find like used games online, you know, for that work for his age. And there's not that many out there, but you know, he's my one and only son and he's five. And so I'm kind of, you know, doing whatever I can to teach him how to be a man. You know, he's five, but he, time to be a man, son. And so I'm, I'm just trying to do different ways and we're wrestling on the ground and doing dude stuff. And I'm showing him old Supersonics reruns on YouTube and he kind of likes it, but whatever, he's five, you know? And so with the PlayStation, you know, I was thinking, what's a good game that he might like that would kind of teach him how to do like, you know, I don't know, uh, whatever stereotypical meatheads would do, right? Wrestling, of course. So I found some used wrestling game on PlayStation and, and bought it. Of course, my wife was not having it, but we're, we're working through all of that. But I, I, I put it in and as the good dad that I think that I am, we were you know, wrestling each other on the PlayStation, right? And I was the big boss man. And I think he was Hulk Hogan. I can't remember, but we were wrestling each other. And like any good dad, I was letting him beat up on me. I'm telling you, this kid was, was you know, pounding on me. And at one point he picked me up, you know, and was like military pressing me over his head. Now he didn't really know what he was doing, but I was just kind of, I was just kind of going limp and just letting him do whatever. And he's like, boom. He's like, yeah, dad. And he got to a place where after like pinning me nine times in a row, cause I let him, he started getting kind of like arrogant about it. He was kind of like, I'm the guy. And, and he was almost kind of mocking me. He's like, yeah, dad, you know, and I'm like, oh, you're getting me, son. You know what I mean? And so he, at one point he picked me up and threw me over out of the ring onto the thing. And he jumped off and did, you know, jackknife to the neck, you know, and he, he was just, he was loving it. And he got to a place where he said, dad, I want to play without you. And I was like, what? You know, he's like, I, I, I want to play I want to play the, the, the other guy with, without you. I said, okay, so you want to play the computer? And I said, all right, buddy. And so, you know, I set it up where it was just the computer and him. And I'm telling you, the very first match, that computer dude, the, the guy that he was playing, runs out and just full on clotheslines Fulton, man, and just knocks him right off his feet. And he's like, Dad, what was that? You know, and the computer, right, just started wailing on my son's character on the wrestling game. He's like, dad, what's going on? He's just, you know, like little kids. He's just like literally pushing. He's not even, he has no strategy. He's just, ah. And at one point the computer that he was, you know, battling against is just wailing on him, right? Got him in a headlock. And he's just, and he's like, dad, what's, what's going on? And I, I got to a place where I said, son, do you want me to help you? And he said, yeah, help me, dad. I said, give me the controller. And he said, 
no. <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to give you the controller. And I was like, all right, well, I can't help you. And in the middle is, I mean, he is just getting pounded on. And he's like, dad, you got to help me. And I'm like, son, here it is. You have to let me help you. You have to hand over the thing that you've placed all of your hope in, all of your trust in the controller that you think that you alone are going to solve the problem. You got to give me that thing and let me help you. Help me help you. Isn't that the Jerry Maguire line? Help me help you, right? And, you know, he's just getting wailed on. And finally, in the middle, of, he even got to crying a little bit. Finally, my son breaks down. I could just see that he had given up. And he's sitting next to me and he scurries over. I'll remember it for the rest of my life. He scurries over and I'm sitting on the couch and he goes between my legs and he backs up into, in, in, into, my, into my chest because I was kind of leaning over. And he, and he takes the controller and he puts it in my hands, right? And my arms are around him like this. So here's this little head. And I'm like this and I've got the remote now. And he grabs on the little five-year-old hands. He grabs onto my wrists like this. You, you see the picture here? I'm playing. He's like this. And he says, let's get him, dad. And man, because I'm one of the best PS4 players of all time, that's a lie. But because I'm a good dad, all of a sudden the Rocky song came out of my head. Dun, 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 dun. And man, I got up off the ground, my character, and I just started wailing on the computer, man. He, and the dude, I got him, I, and I flip him over and I slam him down on the ground. And there's Fulton, hold on. He's like, dad, this is what he kept saying. He kept saying, dad, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're winning. We're win and finally, what did I do? Pinned him. One, two, three. Ha! And, and, and we both shouted and he screamed, dad, we did it. We did it. And I said, son, we did it together, right? You say, why, why did you go to all that to, to tell that, that story? Because I, I want to leave you with an impression of how that heavenly father wants to work in your life. You see, there's some of you that are watching right now and man, what a perfect, what a perfect time to talk about this principle and this reality of the type of relationship that the heavenly father wants to have with you. We're in the middle of this crisis, this pandemic. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what Donald Trump's going to say live tomorrow or Governor Cuomo, who I listen to like every day day on the news. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how bad it's going to get. And there's some of us, the things that we're putting so much of our trust in. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you're watching right now, but almost subconsciously you're putting all of your faith, all of your trust, all of your hope into your savings, into your 401k. You wake up in the morning and you're so committed and to, to your source of your finances that you bypass the reality that he's our provider, that he's got you, that he's not going to let you, let you down. Maybe, maybe you're, you're so connected. Whatever that thing is, you put all of your hope, all of your trust in. I want you to know today, just like little Fulton, the father is saying, give me that thing. Give it to me. Not, not because I need it, but because I want to teach you what it looks like to trust me as your father. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you to partner with what I'm already doing. And what that's going to do is it's going to supply your needs, but it's also going to encourage you that you can trust in me is what the heavenly father is saying. So, so that's the question I have to do, have for you today. Will you be like these obedient disciples and these owners of the cult? 
that didn't have all the answers, who, by the way, were in crisis. These, the Roman Empire was, was ruling, tightening down on these Jewish second-class citizens. And in the middle of that, every Jew would have been clinging to whatever, the, whatever they had, whatever they thought they owned. But something happens in in, in this family to where they go, you know what? The Lord needs it. He can have it. And what happened in that act of obedience, they were now connected to the greatest miracle of all time, the fulfillment of prophecy and being able to be connected to what Jesus was about to do. So the question I have for you today is, what are you clinging to today? Where, where do you think all of your provision really is coming from? Is it your finances? Is it your job? Is it a relationship? Is it, what, what, what does that look, it, your fear? Maybe you're sitting here today and you've just been holding on to your fear. And, 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 and God is saying, give that to me. I want to work in and through you. It's so important, the cult. And I reminded Romans chapter eight, We know this verse, Romans 8, starting in 27, it says, and he who searches our hearts, let me stop right there. He knows you, friend, better than you even know yourself. So he who searches our hearts, he knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit goes to bat for us, man. He intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. God's spirit, listen to this, is praying He's praying over you. He's drawing you. It's it's why you woke up today. You made French toast and you tuned in because the Holy Spirit wanted you to hear what he had to say today. He's He's praying over you. He's watching over you. He's working through you. And then verse 28, and, and we know that in all things, all, not some things, all the time, in all things, in the middle of global pandemic, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been according to his purpose. Will you believe that word today? That's the question I have for you. Do you really believe what scripture is saying right here? That in all things, he's a good God. And in all things, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. That in all things, he is doing good things and he wants to do it for you and in and through you. But, but there's a partnership here. It requires us to let go to that thing that we just have so clenched and say, Lord, all of it's yours. Use it. And teach me lessons through it. He loves you, friend. He's calling you right now. He has a purpose for you, for your life. He's more for you than you could ever imagine. And so this picture of the Lamb of God, the colt, the donkey. Here's the third picture. And then we're going to pray together. And that is the stones. The stones. Yeah, the stones, the rocks. The rocks. The picture I want, I want you to have in your mind when you think about this moment where Jesus comes into the city. I want you to think about rocks and stones and I'll, and I'll show you why here. Look at the text. Go back to Luke chapter 19, verse 35. So, 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 they're, so they're handing over this colt, this donkey. He says, they brought the donkey to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. 
And he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. So the disciples, they lead in that moment with their praise. And then Matthew explains that the crowds join in directly after the disciples. Look at Matthew 21, verse 9. It says, The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, and we were just singing it a few minutes ago, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, some of you who grew up in church, maybe you remember that word Hosanna. I was mentioning it earlier that I can remember running around the church auditorium with palm branches right here, <laughs> singing and shouting Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And you know, in the context of this moment in ancient history where Jesus is coming in and they're, and they're, and they're shouting Hosanna, Hosanna, um, the word had way more political implications than religious ones. M meaning what the Jews, meaning the crowd, I mean, what they were really shouting was Hosanna, Hosanna, which really translates in the Hebrew to help, <laughs> deliver us, liberate us, give us freedom. And you say, what, what were they asking freedom from? The answer to that is the Roman Empire, who was oppressive, who labeled them as second class, who was above them in society. And they were persecuting these poor Jewish people. And so when Jesus comes into the city and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, they're shouting, free us from these stinking Romans. Save us from our current situation. And then in fact, Matthew also mentions that this crowd, like I just did, was, was waving these palm branches. Now, you should know that to the Jew, the palm branch would be like an American stars and stripes. That when you are in your, you know, sitting by on the on the the side of the street there at, at on Ruston Way during the Freedom Fair and the flags are going and, and, the, and the, um, the blue angels are flying by and you got your face painted and your Statue of Liberty and a flag and all that. For us, that represents freedom, right? So when these Jews were waving the palm branches, they're shouting Hosanna. They were saying, free us, liberate us, Jesus, set us free. And as you read further in the chapter, you end up reading that Jesus ends up weeping over the city. And the reason why he's weeping is because they interpreted him, interpreted him coming in to the city as coming in as the king to conquer Rome, to take his seat in the temple, to, to come in and, and rule over all of Israel. You see, Jesus came offering a different type of freedom. Did he come to liberate? Oh, yes, my friend. Did he come to deliver? Oh, absolutely. Did he come to set you free? Yes, indeed. But it wasn't a political freedom. It was a spiritual one, an eternal one. And you see the disciples, they're, 
genuinely praising Jesus. And so the people, they start to join in and they begin to understand what's going on here. And, and, and Jesus, uh, he comes in and he, and he rides in on this horse and they're shouting, Hosanna. And the disciples begin to proclaim him for who he was and is as the King of Kings. They begin to worship him. They begin to praise him. And it's fascinating as to what happens with the religious ones in the crowd, the leaders, the Pharisees. Look, go back to the text, verse 39. The verse says, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Meaning, hey, this is out of order. This has never been the plan for this Passover week. Shut them up. They're causing chaos. These Romans are going to be coming after us because of your disciples. Look how Jesus replies in verse 40. He says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Go back to that image that I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, that rock, that stone. Jesus says, if, if they don't do it, the rocks are going to do it. The stones are going to do it. Friends, we have a choice. In this moment, the world is in, in crisis, in chaos, and the world is looking to see they want to know what we truly believe. <laughs> They're watching to see how the Jesus people are reacting and responding to the situation at hand. And so we have this moment right now to call out to him in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the fear, in the confusion, we have this moment to pursue his ways, to respond in worship rather than in fear. We, we have a decision to make. Are we going to make decisions in the middle of this crisis based from a place of faith in Jesus? Or are we just going to allow our humanity to take over and we respond everything from a pessimistic view, a place of fear, a place of discord? How are you going to respond? We have an incredible opportunity to literally spread the gospel right now in such a unique way. I was fascinated. Man, the last couple of weeks, I've been getting calls and text messages and emails of people who are tuning in to not just this broadcast, but to, but to different live uh, church broadcasts all over America. And, and, they're, and they're listening. And, and some of them are even saying yes and accepting Jesus because the church is willing to step outside of its comfort zone and connect with people on this one and only virtual platform. And those people would have never walked into a church building. What's that all about? It's about doing what we're called to do and not allowing the rocks to do it. Because the rock, all of, all of, the, all of the universe bows at God's voice. So if we're not going to do it, the rocks will do it. Something else will do it. And man, what a month. So my prayer, and I'm going to pray right now, but my prayer the last couple of weeks is, Lord, just like Romans, like search inside, Holy Spirit, I give you access to look, to, to, to reveal to me. <laughs> like you have to invite him to do that. Like Holy Spirit, communicate to me the areas of my life that isn't, that isn't promoting 
who you are and what you're all about, specifically in the context of the crisis that we're in. So, 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 so what am I saying on my Zoom meetings in my men's small group? Is it, man, another bad day. I don't think we're going to get out of this. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe, maybe God has a lot to do with this. Maybe he's mad. I mean, you, you want to go down that route and, and plant seeds of doubt in, in who God is for people? Or are you going to be one that plants seeds of faith and hope and represent why Jesus came in the first place, to set you free from all that stuff, to heal you today. And so we have this moment right now, every Jesus follower who's listening, take a, take a second. I've, I've done this literally every day for the last two, three weeks. Lord, uh, the way I'm, I'm presenting myself, does it, does it promote who you are? Or is it just promoting fear and doubt and all of these things? And Lord, if so, I repent of that. And Lord, show me. Give me, give me the, you know, Scripture's clear that the Spirit will, will give you the words to say in, in, in moments where you don't have the thing to say. I've, I've done this so many times where I'm like, I got to meet with this person. I don't have the answer. And I sat down and all of a sudden, like, stuff started coming out of my mouth that I, I didn't have on my notes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's what the Holy, that's part of the Holy Spirit's a uh, 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 title and job is, is to, to speak in your behalf through you. We were just talking about he wants to use you, but you, you gotta be, you have to invite him in and, and open him. And so here, here's a little exercise for you this afternoon. I'm gonna give you a few questions to meditate on, but just a little prayer. Lord, what, what I'm tweeting, <laughs> what, what I'm reposting on my Facebook timeline, it, does that promote what you're all about? in spite of what's going on here? Or the things that I'm reposting or the things that I'm texting to my, to my, to my group chat, the, the, the stay at home, you know, uh, single, you know, single dads group or whatever and kids that, I, that I've been connected to for three years. Is it just, man, I don't know if we're gonna get through. Or is it like, guys, hey, listen, Jesus, he, he's got us. We're gonna, are, is that, how, what does it look like for you? That, that's something that you're gonna have to ask yourself. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm crushing it in this area whatsoever, but it's so important right now. And we have such an opportunity to spread the gospel and to serve. I mean, yesterday, all throughout the week, I mean, people are watching. People are watching. This community is watching. How is Church for All Nations responding in the middle of this crisis? I hope, I believe that we're in this moment today, we're doing the best that we can. And tomorrow we'll reevaluate our actions and however we can do more. Do more, do more. That's what this is all about. So let me pray for you right now. Wherever you're at, across this county, maybe this nation, if you're watching. That first image there of the Lamb of God. Maybe today you're ready on this Palm Sunday 2020. The most unique Palm Sunday in modern history, by far. Maybe in this moment right now, you want to say yes Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, come into my life. I receive you. I accept you. I believe. That's the word. I believe in you. That's the requirement of salvation is to believe in who he said he was and is. Jesus, I believe that you're the Messiah. I, I accept you into my life. You, I, I accept the fact and the reality that you know every, <laughs> you know all of my skeletons in the closet. You know about my current addiction issues, 
my broken relationship, uh, when the doors closed, who I really am, not the fake facade that I present to everybody else, but like I accept the reality and believe that you know who I really am. Um, and I just, I just give you my life right now. Come into my life, do a new thing, heal me. I give you my life, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. And Lord, would you speak to me and encourage me and guide me through this unprecedented season of human history. Prince of Peace. I want access to that peace. Give it to me right now. He's, he's doing it for somebody in an apartment right now. Just receive it. Lord, I thank you for my friend who's receiving you into their life. They're accepting you. They're saying yes to you. I, I, I can't even begin to think about what I personally, JF, like I don't, I don't know what state of mind I would be in right now in this season without Jesus. You talk about hopeless. You talk about afraid. I'm telling you right now, I don't, I, th those aren't connected to me. I don't feel hopeless. In fact, I'm, I'm more encouraged than ever. The gospel spreading in a, such a unique way right now. The kingdom is moving forward. You can be a part of that, my friend. Another question is that image of the donkey, the colt. What are you putting all of your trust and hope in? Is it something other than God? Like you say, I trust in God, but you've checked your bank account, your 401k, you've, you've been texting, emailing your boss every five minutes. I mean, hey, hey, hold on. Just hold on. Take a breath. Do you trust that he is your provider today? If not, maybe you just want to say, Lord, help me to trust in you that you're going to provide this thing that I put all of my hope in or these several, it could be several things. Maybe it's the fear. It's like every morning you wake up and you're just like, ah, you're so, give it to him, man. Get rid of that stuff, man. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him today. In Jesus name and the stones. How are you? How are you? How are you representing the master today? Are you looking for ways to serve your fellow man, your, your, your neighbor, your family? Are, are you looking for ways online to promote what Jesus is up to, what he's doing? It's a question. Every, every disciple needs to take inventory right now. I know I do. I, I do it multiple times throughout the day, every day. Is this the best representation of Christ in this moment right now? Got to ask yourself that. So Lord, I pray for every one of my friends. Lord, I am not naive <laughs> as to what is happening on this planet right now. True devastation. There's people that are in deep, deep valleys right now. Pray you'd give them peace and help them, encourage them. Lord God, across the board, people dealing with all kinds of things, God, I pray that you would do for them what only you can do. And then I pray, Lord, that we as the church would rise up, <laughs> that we would represent you in this season so that when we get to the other side, so many people are gonna come to Christ because of how we, how we acted and reacted and responded in the valley, in the darkness, in the crisis, 
the people who weren't followers of Jesus will see us right now, how we're acting in the middle of the muck and the mire and the fear. How are we? So that on the other side, they say, oh yeah, yeah, that's the church, the church. I don't, I'm not talking about one local. I'm talking about the church globally. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the real thing. And I want to be a part of that. Let it be so. Let it be so. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Hey, many of you are maybe in a virtual watch party right now, or maybe you're sitting just with your, your kiddos and maybe you're there with uh, some loved ones. And I just want to give you a few questions that are connected to this presentation that I just gave today that I want you to meditate on uh, right now, this afternoon, throughout the week. Maybe you want to take uh, the text that I was reading from and, and take these questions that I'm going to present to you and uh, just meditate on these questions and, and uh, do a little uh, uh, spiritual inventory. And, 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 then, and then maybe if you're on a virtual platform, Zoom, I know so many people that uh, they come off of this live broadcast and they go right to their Zoom small group and they discuss these questions. So I want to present some questions to you that you can meditate on throughout the week. Maybe you have a small group that meets sometime throughout the week that you want to pull these up and, and uh, stay connected to, to what we're doing here. So here's the first question and they'll come on the screen and, and maybe you can't write super fast. So just take a, a screenshot of it, a picture, and uh, you can go from there. Here's the first question. What does it mean to you that Jesus chose to be the perfect sacrificial lamb for you and me? Some of you have been following Jesus for 30 years. <laughs> what, what does that mean to you? Some, some of you have just said yes to Jesus today. And if that's the fact, let us know that you said yes to him. This is the greatest decision you'll ever make. What, what does that mean to you? Here's the second question. If the colt, the donkey, is a symbol of what we might be holding on to, what do you think the Lord is asking you to release to him? What is it that, what is that thing? What do you believe will happen if you're obedient in placing that thing in his hands? That's the second question. Here's the third question. That is, the disciples led the way in praising God in the middle of confusing times. If you choose to praise him in spite of how you feel and in spite of what you see, what are you hoping God will do through it? What habits will you start this week to move into a greater mindset of praise. You know, all throughout the epistles that Paul uh, constructed, he's uh, promoting spiritual disciplines, a life of holiness, a pursuit of looking more and more like Jesus. But to do that, it requires spiritual disciplines. And so we use that word habits right there. That's, that's just another word for, for spiritual. Like, are you going to maybe spend more time in prayer? Maybe you want to get on, uh, Elder Brian was talking about these Zoom small groups. There's so many available for you. In fact, we're going to be rolling out uh, this week um, tons and tons of different uh, online uh, half an hour Zoom prayer meetings that you can jump in. And so maybe it looks like that. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Amber, so much. Um, may, maybe it's just, you know, getting, getting in the, more of the word. It gets more into virtual community. What are the habits that you're going to start bringing on a little bit more in your life today? So Take those questions and uh, meditate on them right now. Maybe you want to start discussing them right now. Our, our worship team's going to sing a song. And as you do that, do what I just told you to do with these questions. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.